Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are wrapping up our message series at the movies, and if you, uh, uh, like I said, if you're new-ish to the heart, uh, not necessarily every summer, but almost every summer, we'll do an at the movies series where we'll take some time to, uh, we'll pick different themes, different times, and for this one, what we did is we looked at some adventure movies, some nostalgic, some new, and uh, and um, what I've been trying to do is give you all a couple of quotes from the movie to see if you can guess what the movie is. So. Today, it's a little bit of an adventure movie, and it's somewhat old, depending on how old you are, you might think this is an old movie. Uh, It came out in 2002, that's one of your clues, and I'm going to give you, okay, one of the quotes is, see, and if if you know what it is, don't shout it out, okay? One of the quote is, one character says, but I don't believe in God, and the other character says, but he believes in you. Does anybody know where it's from yet? No? Okay. The next quote is... I swear on all my dead relatives, even the ones that aren't feeling too good, that I am your man forever. Anybody know what that is? Just two people? Okay, I'll say this. My name is the Count of Monte Cristo. Anybody know what that movie's from? Uh, There is a line, though, that's going to really point to what we're going to be talking about today. And that line is, don't rob, the main character says this, don't rob me of my hate. It's all that I have. Don't rob me of my hate, it's all that I have. And so what I want to talk about today, and we could have done a whole series on just the movie or the book, The Count of Monte Cristo. It's this amazing story of the main character, his name is Edmond Dantes. I do speak French, I don't know if you just could tell from that, the way I pronounce that name. <laughs> and it's the story of how these people around him look at him and want his life. They look at him and want what he has. They look at him and they are jealous of, they desire the way that he approaches life, the way that he sees the world, the way that he uh, interacts with the people around him. And it just seems like at the very beginning of the story that everything is coming up good for Edmond Dantes. It seems like everything is coming up great. And so he's got these powerful people around him that just aren't going to stand for that. And at the very beginning of the story, it kind of starts this whole thing, and there's, and there's jealousy, and there's anger, and there's revenge, and there's action, and there's treasure, and there's true love. What an amazing story. But at the very beginning of the story, his best friend, the main character, Edmond, his best friend, Fernand, there's another French pronunciation, you're welcome, his best friend, betrays him, and he asks him, why? Why are you doing this? And this is such a powerful line. This is what we're going to get, get into. His best friend says, or supposedly his best friend, says, because you're the son of a clerk, and I'm not supposed to want to be you. And that's what I want to talk about today, is this little bit, this seed of discontentment that can show up in our lives, that if left unchecked, if not paid attention to, like most things that happen in our lives, right? If it's not paid attention to, it can grow and grow and grow. And eventually, that little seed of discontentment, that is what grows into jealousy. 
That is what grows into hatred. It is what grows into anger. And that can lead to vengeance or revenge. And so maybe, maybe you haven't been betrayed on that level. But I want to talk about something that maybe you experience on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever it is. Or at least maybe I do and you can be along for the ride. You ready? Here we go. I have what's called in popular culture, not to get too hip on you, FOMO. Does anybody know what FOMO is? If you do, raise your hand. If you don't know what it is, I'm about to tell you. FOMO stands for fear of missing out. I suffer from FOMO in a big way, diagnosed by a doctor, not really. I always have a fear of missing out. I will, my calendar is always booked. It's double booked because I can probably hit this party and have enough time to hit this party and then see what's up with this person. Then I'll probably be up early in the morning, go get breakfast with this person because I don't want to miss out on connection. I don't want to miss out hanging out with my friends. And so one of the worst things for me to do is when I'm feeling this FOMO really, really strongly is go check on Instagram and look at all my friends' stories. Because when I'm really feeling it, it seems like everyone was at the lake this weekend, everyone was at the pool this weekend, everyone was at these cool places to go. I'm like, oh, oh, all I did was have a bunch of fun with my friends. <laughs> right? If I'm not careful and I'm not in the right headspace, what I can do, and maybe you do or maybe you don't do this, but maybe you can at least understand the concept of what I'm trying to say, is you can look at what everyone else is doing in your life and think like, man, that, I, wish I, I wish I would have done that. I wish I was invited to that. I would love to do that someday. Must be nice. Anybody ever say that? Don't raise your hand. Must be nice. Must be nice. Must be nice is a great way to take a little seed of discontentment and put it in the ground and water it and really take care of it. Must be nice is a perfect phrase to start that discontentment. And so maybe it's not just Instagram, right? Whatever it is, I can, I can, it's not just Instagram. It can be people around me, right? If I feel like there's somebody around me that they have a really good relationship with their, with their kid or they have a really good relationship with their parents or they have a really good relationship with their friends, if you're not in the right headspace, you can start to wish you had that. Then you can start to, you go from wishing you had it to being maybe a little bit bothered that you don't have it. And if we're not careful, and I know that not all of our lives are this extreme, but here's what I'm talking about. See if, if you can follow me along here. If we're not careful, it can go from, I wish I had that, to, why don't I have that, to, why do they get to have that? And when we get to that point, when we get to a point of, uh, uh, of why do they get to have it, we start to compare. And once we compare, that takes that little seed of discontentment and it puts a little miracle grow on there, a little bit of sunshine. And that can start to grow. But it depends on how we compare. Right? There's nothing wrong with looking at something, something else and like, oh, that would be fun to do. That would be fun to go to the lake some weekend. That would be fun to do a pool party one weekend. But if we're not careful and we're not paying attention, like many other things in our life, many other things in our faith, it can start to grow the way we don't want it to. So what I want to do today, I want to look at a particular verse in the Bible. It's in the book of Philippians. And I want us to see, and it might be a verse you've heard before, and that's okay if you have. We're going to look at it through this lens. 
through the lens of, as we look at the things around us, as we look at the people around us, the things that people have, the things that people do, and we, and we compare that, we compare that in a negative way, not in a healthy way, we compare that to the things that we have and the things that we do. So I, I hope you can find some inspiration out of this, and I, I, I hope I can too. So here we go. I want to look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, and we're going to be reading out of the Message Bible. Paul says, actually... I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. Now, I I should say, Paul, this is part of a letter that uh, this man named Paul was writing to a group of people. And this group of people, they would, would, uh, it it seems according to this letter, or or hints and clues we get from this letter, that they would regularly pray for him or, or, or ask his needs and send things to him, okay? So this is towards the end of the letter where he's kind of wrapping up the letter, saying goodbyes, that kind of thing. So here's what he says. He says, actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now how to be quite content whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much, and with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything through the one who makes me who I am. And see, so he, so he mentions a, a, there's a little bit of secret, secret recipe, right? Found the recipe for it. The secret to life. And it sounds like, it sounds pretty simple, the secret to life is be content where you are with what you have and who you are. And that sounds very simple to someone who lived 2,000 years ago and didn't have TikTok and Instagram and, you know, a, a wake boat. You know what I mean? I don't know why I'm on this big lake thing, but I'm just am, okay? So deal with it. I can be just as happy. Here, let me read it again. I'm just as happy with little as with much, and with much as with little. So I started to think about this. It is, it is when, uh, when, we, when, I, when I watched The Count of Monte Cristo, because I rewatched it, I've seen it a bunch of times, one of my favorites. When I watched it again, and I'm looking through all these different themes that, we, that I wanted to choose from to, to really nail down what we wanted to dig into today. Like I said, there were so many themes, and there's so much. So I highly recommend watch the movie this week with your family or by yourself or with your friends, whatever. There was so much in there. And there was something about this, this idea of revenge, this idea of vengeance, that made me pull back a little bit. And I'm saying, oh, okay, well, where did that, where did that come from? And that's where I saw this, this discontent of looking at someone who seems like they have a better life than you, whatever better means to you, right? Better is a value judgment. It's not objective. Whatever better means to you. So I started to think about that for myself. Is it, you know, where do, I, where do I do that? Where does that show up in my life? When something really, really great happens to a friend of mine, am I excited for them? Or is a little piece of me wish that would have happened to me? What about for you, for people in your life, for things that happen in your life? Are you really excited for that person, for that situation? Or is there sometimes a part of you that wishes why didn't that happen to me? Or un- doesn't understand, why can't, why can't those things happen to me? It just seems like God is doing all of these things for all of these people in my life. You ever felt that way? Somebody, somebody gets something, 
something happens in their life, and they're like, I've been, I've been praying for this, and I knew that God would hear my prayer. And I'm like, wow, it must be nice for God to listen to your prayer. Aren't you so special that God heard your prayer? I'm not always that sarcastic, but sometimes you feel that. You know what I mean? Or maybe you don't. I don't want to put it on you, but sometimes I can feel that way. If I'm not careful, you see what I'm saying? If you're not paying attention, if you're not being aware of where you're at with your faith, with your mental health, with your emotional health, if you're not present with where you are currently and you're not paying attention, it's easy. It's easy to go that way. You know why it's easy to go that way? Because it's human nature. You're not a weirdo for thinking that good things would happen to you also. That's absolutely normal. That's why, that's why we can be like Paul here and say, okay, what's the recipe? What's the recipe for being happy where I am? I read this uh, uh, article, and when I say read an article, I meant I saw a TikTok, okay? So I read this article that said, being anxious, which sometimes I am, I don't know if you are, is worrying about the future. Having a depressive episode, which sometimes I have, is focusing on what has happened on the past. And so the recipe, not the fix, there's no fix. The recipe for finding that middle ground is to be in the present moment. And you know what you need to do to be present in the moment? You need to be paying attention. Because if you're not paying attention, depending on who you are and your personality and your past, you can be worried about the future worried about what's to come, anxious about what's to come? Or sad and reflective and not in a positive way about what has been. So what happens, what happens if you and I, even for today, just this week, let's say, just this week, we choose to be present in the moment, to be present right here. Another article I read said that the opposite of anxious, the opposite of anxiety, is not relaxed. If someone is anxious and you tell them to relax, you are the problem. <laughs> the opposite of anxious is to be present, is to be present in the moment. Remember where you are. And if we're listening to anything that Paul says here in Philippians, not only do we remember where we are, we remember who we are. Who God has made us to be. Can you imagine how peaceful the rest of your day would be? How peaceful, just this week, like I said, how peaceful would your week be? If you say, okay, I'm going to try a little bit of what Paul says, where I'm going to be happy, I'm going to choose to be happy with what I have, with where I am, and with who I am. Because it is a choice. We talk about choice a lot here at the heart. And I feel like the choice that we have, the choices that we are empowered to make, and I do feel like we are empowered. I feel like the faith that we are in if, you, if you're a faithful person, if you're someone who chooses the faith, the faith that talk, is talked about in here is a very much empowered faith. You are not victim to your faith. You, are not, you, you, you get to choose your faith. This faith is not forced upon you. You don't have to do anything. You're not supposed to do anything. You're not obligated to do anything. The faith that we get to, get to be a part of here is a choice. And so what if for this week, 
You said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose. I'm going to choose to be satisfied. Maybe it's not happy. Okay, you don't have to be happy with everything. Maybe it's choosing to be satisfied with what you have. Maybe it's choosing to be content with where you are. Maybe it's choosing to believe that you are who God says you are, even if you don't see it yet. Okay, there's a few things I wrote down that I I wanted to share with you. The first one is this. The more we compare with others, the more you compare yourself with others, the more discontentment will grow in you. Easy. That's an easy recipe for discontentment. Speaking of recipes, the more you compare with others, the more discontentment grows in you. It will. Because comparing is natural. You see what I'm saying? If it was natural to be content, then Paul wouldn't need to talk about it. If it was natural to be content, then you wouldn't need to go to therapy. But it's natural to compare. So we have to pay attention to get past the comparison to be content. You're the, most, you're the most normal person in the world when you compare with others. That's the most normal thing there is. The challenge for our faith is when we choose to move past that and choose to be content. Next thing I wrote down for you is this. Being content doesn't mean you need less. It just means you don't need more. It doesn't mean you need less. Because at least for me, and maybe this is you a little bit, and that's okay if it's not, but at least for me, when I think about being content, I have a little bit of pushback on that, for me personally. I have a little bit of pushback on being content, because I can get the concept of being content, and it's very, you know, I get it, Paul, I see what you're saying, and maybe if I was, you know, a hippie tent maker like Paul, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just content, man. I'm just living my life, whatever. But I don't feel that way. There's some days where I'm like, yeah, I am grateful for what I have, but I do also want this. I'm not ungrateful for my friends, but I like to meet new people. I'm not ungrateful for what we have, but have you, you know, if you ask my wife Amber, like, have you seen the new catalog from West Elm? Have you even seen the furniture they have? Yes, we have a couch, but wouldn't a different couch be cool in this room, this color? Does anybody else think that way? So for me, I push back a little bit on contentment. And so that's what I wanted to say is being content doesn't mean you need less. It means you don't need more. You can want more. You can desire more. You can have desires. You can be ambitious. There's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention on your motives to want more. You see what I mean? If you only want something that somebody else has because you can't, you, can't, you can't be in the place where they have it and you don't, that's not content. That is the growth of discontentment. But, but if you have desires in your life with your family, with your spouse, with your, whatever it is, in your job, and you want a promotion, you're working for a promotion, does that mean you're not content? I don't know. That's in you. No one else can tell you whether you're content or not. Only you can. I can't look at your life and say, well, this person seems content. This person doesn't. 
That's why our faith is a choice. That's why it, it is in us. Because we get to decide our motives, understand our motives. And again, it goes back to it means we need to pay attention. It means we need to pay attention, pay attention where we're coming from. Last thing I wrote down for you is this. True freedom comes when you're fulfilled in the present moment, no matter the situation. Is that contentment? Yes, sure. But what I want for you is more than just contentment. What I want for myself, I, I, I don't want to just be content. I want to be content and free. See, the thing, at least for me, about this empowered faith, this faith that has been given to us, this faith that has been gifted to us, this access to God that has been given to us, is I want us to be able to be content in that, to be at peace in that. I do want that for you. I do want that for me. But I want you and me. I want us to be able to walk in freedom. To walk in freedom of not just what we have or desire or who we have around us. But to walk free in our faith. And we do that by paying attention to where we're coming from, paying attention to the words that we're saying, paying attention to how we react to the people around us. What could your week look like if you just chose to be present in where you are? You don't need to stop working towards your promotion. You don't need to stop searching for the new car you're going to buy. You don't need to stop meeting new people. But what if, what if the first thing you paid attention to, the first thing that you said to yourself, the first thing that you chose was contentment, peace, and freedom? That's the power. We've been empowered to do that. Now, it's not one of those things that God helps those who help themselves. is that you get to see what it means to be free. You get to experience the freedom the more you choose to be in it. Because it's not like God is waiting back, back here, saying, look, I got a lot of faith back here, but you, you haven't asked me for it, so I want to give it to you, but you just haven't said anything. Can you imagine? God's not back here like, hey, I got a lot of peace back here. A lot of contentment. A couple of warehouses full, but no one's asking me for it. No, 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 no. That's not the kind of faith we have. The kind of faith we have is an empowered faith. I want you to think about a loving relationship that you have, whether it's your spouse or your children or your parents or really good friends or whatever it is. And these relationships... You don't experience more love and more connection because the other person starts giving out more love and more connection. 
You start experiencing more love and more connection when you open yourself up to more love and more connection. Do you see what I'm saying? When you open yourself up to receive more love, it doesn't automatically come because you finally opened it up. It was there. It is already there. And that's the kind of love we have. That's the kind of love we have from God is the love is already there. The peace is already there. The contentment is already there. The freedom is already there. All you have to do is open yourself up to receive it. Not do some ritual, not say some magic words. It is to open up our heart, and that is when we get to experience freedom. That's what I want for you. If you could, real quick, I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment. I want to give you a challenge today, okay? With your eyes closed. I want to give you a challenge, and the challenge is for you to make the choice to be present in your life right here, right now. I know there's things to worry about. I know there's things to deal with in your past. I'm not saying ignore those. I'm saying to choose to be present, to choose to be present in where you are, with what you have, and with who you are. You want to choose to grow? You will. You got things to deal with? Deal with them. But now, today, we are going to choose to be present in who we are, with what we have, and where we are. And if you want to take that challenge with me, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. With your eyes closed, heads bowed, I want you to raise your hand. Don't look around. This is just for you. If you want to take that challenge with me, then on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Put it up real quick. Okay, put it down. Put it down. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for the empowered faith that you have given us. God, I pray that we would be bold enough, that we would have the courage to see where we are for for where we really are, to choose to be present in who we are, in the person that you have made us and are continuing to make us to be. I pray that we would bring peace with us today, that we would bring hope with us today. So we thank you for that today, God, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.